Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Lake Show. This is Dr. Paula Lake here again for another podcast today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation I'm having with a friend and also a professional that I respect very much and have known a number of years. Uh, her name is Maria Lizak, Dr. Maria Lizak. She is co-founder and executive business director with National Best Financial Network. Um, she's also someone that I had the pleasure of um, pursuing a PhD with uh, for a, a number of years. We worked together alongside quite a few years in that time period. So we have a bit of a history um, and so I've been really looking forward to having this chat with you, Maria Lizak. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello, my friend. Yes. Such a long time. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter, you know, how often or seldom we're in contact when we do touch base. It's always wonderful. I mean, that's what friendship is, right? It's not about how often you're in contact. It's about just even from afar, you have, I have warm thoughts. And, and then when we touch base, it's like we've never really had any time apart, right? I agree. Plus, you're always doing such interesting things with your life. But now you've got a podcast. And so yes, yeah. it's, uh, it's great to speak with people who are doing things in life. We're always looking for the next challenge, well, the I next thing they're going to take <clears> on, the next <throat> thing they're going to learn. I see the same thing with you, Marie, I have to say. And and one of the, you know, the, the topic of today, which we are, um, we, we discussed, and I, I did one show on, on achieving goals um, near to the new year. And, and then you presented me with something because you also are a goal achiever. So today we're going to talk about 11 strategies to initiate your personal reset. I mean, even though that could be something we do at the beginning of the year, I actually think it's something we need to do every every week of the year. <laughs> so rather than it being a one-time thing, absolutely. I certainly wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't wait wouldn't wait till uh, the end of the year or, or the beginning well, of the yeah, year. Well, yeah, it's like, started. it's like okay, missed out on that goal. Well, I guess I'll have to wait till 2022. <laughs> well, that's the easy way out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and honestly, I think that's a big topic because I do think a lot of people um, are constantly thinking about it and thinking about how to to get to a different place in their life. They might complain about it. Um, so this is a way to move away from focusing on what they don't want and starting to move their attention on creating what they do want. Um, but I do want to share a story because I've always, and honestly, I've referred to you on different occasions, Maria, through the course of my practice um, with other colleagues, because you're one of those stories of somebody who has um, pursued a goal and then did, uh, did an about face and went in a completely different direction. And I think it's actually really fascinating because it it, it sort of speaks to a lot of people and, and how when they're working towards something in their lives, um, they hesitate to do it because there's a fear that it's the wrong path. And so in the end, they don't take any path. But you actually uh, pursued the entirety of your doctorate in clinical psychology, which it wasn't an easy feat. Would you not agree? It was like a lot of years. <laughs> it, was, 
there were some years involved. There were some mm. late nights. <laughs> late nights, years involved. Sure. A lot of tests, a lot of this and that. And, um, and you know, and so I remember, uh, you know, we you graduated, we both graduated, and then... And then next thing I'm talking to you and you're like, you've completely went into another field. So you really didn't spend much time in, in the clinical psychology field before you went into the finance industry. Um, how much time did you actually spend doing clinical psychology? Three weeks. Three, three, weeks, three after weeks I completed everything. Well, aside from all the time I spent studying in the, in the uh, practica involved. Yes. where essentially we were working as psychologists, but as student psychologists. Yes. So, um, yeah, well, there were other things I wanted to accomplish with my life, and starting a family was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see it as compatible to, uh, it's, it's not that it couldn't be. Yeah. I just didn't see myself wanting to do it that way. I didn't want my kids in daycare while I'm sitting with other people trying to sort out their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I won't mess up my kids. I'm saying at least I was there so I could explain to them how it happened. I know think, what I'm yeah, I think that's amazing. I mean, you, you've so, you've always had your priorities straight, and you always had a space, in spite of your your career ambitions, to take care of yourself and to follow your spiritual um, um, values. So you never, I, one thing I admired is you never put that aside. So you still continued in your pursuits, but you always held that grounding in these things that were really important for you. Well, I think that's important for people to know, to know what grounds them yeah. and to have those. So you may have goals, but what are your medical mm-hmm. or, or, or meta values if yeah. you want? Like what, what's beyond all of the, the day-to-day stuff, the week-to-week stuff? And when I felt like the path that um, that I would head down, in in this case in psychology, would tear me away from those things, then that be- made it an easy decision. Wow. I think it's just tougher when people are not clear on what's sort of the most important to them. Yeah. So I ended up, um, yeah, I ended up in financial services because a cousin of mine came to talk to me about it. And at first I thought, oh, no way. There's no way. I studied 13 years to be a psychologist. <laughs> Why would I switch now? And then my husband, yeah. who was very supportive of the switch, he said, well, look, this is something you could do part-time, which mm-hmm. it was, at least um, at least in my province. And, um, and you can build up over the years to something that's, you know, an actual career. Yeah. But I think beyond that, too, I just like learning. And yeah. not to say you yeah. can't keep learning. Yeah. In your first career, yeah. But this was ooh, something something entirely new. Yeah. So um, I loved the flexibility, the well, freedom that yeah. financial services offered, and uh, and it was compatible with my values <clears throat> for sure. I I just think honestly, I think that is really good for people to hear because, um, you know, there's a certain level of cognitive flexibility that we need in our lives, which is we might have in a decision, but perhaps. Um, we can <clears throat> switch that perspective and go in another direction altogether, right? Um, so, Agreed. Yeah. I think cognitive flexibility is is a huge thing. I mean, there's some degree of inflexibility that's useful when it comes mm-hmm. to setting habits yeah. and goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it's 
the flexibility and the reevaluation and saying, okay, but is this still really what I want? And that it's okay to do that at any time in a path and a journey that you're taking, that as much as you may feel committed to it, um, or sometimes we're stubborn, right? We think we have to keep at it because we made a commitment to it, and and but it does. It's okay to actually stop, reflect, and redirect. I, actually, I, let's quote that. Great, <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's a that's a little sound clip right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the other thing I wanted to ask you just about that before we launch into the eleven strategies that you came up with is. Um, how you valued and and what you were able to take from that number of years in your education. Because um, so, some of the things I hear people say is that, you know, they can look at education and spending that many years as a waste of time and money. Um, but were there things that you drew from, in spite of the fact that you didn't pursue that particular arena in your career, were there things that you were able to, that you learned from spending those years doing academia that you could bring into a completely different field, which is in the financial industry. What did you find? Is there anything you just say about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's worth saying that I just loved learning. Yeah. And I was the kind of kid that was more academic than athletic. And so sitting in a classroom and reading and all the things that go along with it, I didn't, I didn't mind those things. I liked those things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't just about what was the outcome going to be. Right. It was that I liked the process yeah. of getting there. Yeah. Maybe I liked the process of getting there more than I did sort of in terms of the outcome. Yeah. Um, I recall, though, in my second year of university, uh, taking a social psychology class. And that professor was phenomenal, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, well, there were other classes that, you know, you're fighting not to fall asleep. Yeah. She was great. And then I loved the material she was presenting. And just right. people, people are fascinating. Yeah. And I think that sort of general fascination with people that, um, that you know, I can take that with me into my new career. Absolutely. Um, the advisors that I train, the clients that I sit with. Yeah. Uh, even the discussions around, you know, what are their goals and dreams? Yeah. And then, how can we help accomplish them? And um, isn't do you think that do you think that the process, even of being at university, in some ways, because you went right there and launched into the financial industry, gave you sort of a venue to you know even build confidence in achieving goals, setting goals, you know? Um, well, that that's that's a good point because that's never something um, that I've questioned about mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And I can see other people starting into new ventures and spending more time uh, questioning themselves. Yeah, for sure. About, you know, whether they can. So, um, for sure, you kind of, hey, yeah, even if I didn't stay in that field, knowing that I pursued it right to the end. Yes. Now, it, was, it wasn't the fastest that it could have been done. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. But it was 13 years of, um, what would you say, 13 years of discipline. Yeah. In terms of every day, getting up, what's my goal for today? How do how does what I do today relate to to the end goal, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm shooting for? Yeah. And so that is uh, easily transferable into anything else that you do, 
and absolutely transferable and so that's you know i i just think that's a great story i remember hearing a story it was of a um uh, a man who wanted who trained to become a medical physician a, a a doctor and um he ended up uh switching his career uh into uh playing guitar being a country singer <laughs> wow <laughs> so i'm wow. like you know uh, we can do that we can switch paths and and we don't have to be so rigid with that um, but, you know, going back to the topic of today, which I think that's just such a great story, so I, I really wanted to talk about that. Um, one of the things you came up with was these 11 strategies. Um, I'm just curious how you came up with them. What what kind of what insights did you, drew you to these conclusions of how we come up with these 11 strategies? Well, probably some, some academic experience. Uh, the psychological training, the things that I do on the financial side, and having lived a little bit of life. (laughs) Yeah, these are some of the basics. Um, I just made sure that there were 11, because a lot of lists are top 10 lists, and I thought, you know, with me, you get one extra. Right, right. (laughs) We just make sure there were 11. But it's it's sort of describing a process, right? Yeah. So um, so I, I don't know that any of them are new. Right. But I'll tell you what, it was very helpful for me coming to the end of last year to be able to organize my thoughts yeah. and say, okay, so resetting, because mm-hmm. I want a personal reset. Yeah. What's the process I need to go through? Right. Let's get clear on the longer term dream, the vision, the, the plan, and, and then the annual goal. And so the resetting can happen for any of us, and it, even if we already have accomplished goals, it's not a reset for just beginners. This is a reset for all of us. I think we always have to do a reset and a reevaluation of goals. It's 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 um, very much for the very reason as you we talked about just a few minutes ago about around even a career. You, you might need to reset and relook at it. Um, so this is something important that we should do, and that was your number one. Um, wondering if you could talk about the first one, uh, first strategy. Right. So, um, actually, a colleague of mine, um, Randy McCord, has written a book that may help. And the LinkedIn article that, that I shared with you kind of referenced that. But the book is The Eight-Step Dream Business Plan, hmm. Achieve Your Dream Life and Business. So, this is his take, or I'll say our take. I had some input into the book as well into what that might look like. Um, and it does start with some of those longer-term things. I'm going to say, though, I, I don't want to say uh, that I am some sort of poster child for this. Uh, there are some people that do a great job of this. Right. I sometimes struggle. Right. What would it look like 10 years from now? And what would my dream be like? And I was actually listening back to one of the podcasts you did uh, a few weeks ago, talking about some um, some goal setting and um, and I guess the difficulty people might have, yeah, whether they think they can or can't do it, right, or also a big one because in my business there's lots of motivational sessions we can go to, yeah, uh, and being really clear which things are important to me versus which things I think should be important to me based mm-hmm. on listening to other people. 
right? So that's that's important to separate. Should versus um, wants, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And what do you really want? And you mentioned, you know, some people that said they wanted something, but when they dug a little deeper or, you know, unpacked it a bit more, realized, actually, no, yeah. <laughs> that's not really. That's what I think I should be doing, but it's not exactly what I want to do. You so know, it's, that's, yeah. I think, part of the process of re reevaluating, coming back to it and go, yeah. is this still yeah. really where I want to head? So that that it's it's a it's really a process of reflection and getting clear. And I I think I, some of the people I've talked to um, in my practice as well. Sometimes they struggle. That is really half the challenge is the knowing um, or the the getting clear. Because I do think that having a sense of where you want to go is important uh, when. When when we're stuck in that phase of not knowing, it's it's hard to forge forward on anything. Um, so, could you actually say what that first step is? I'd like to unpack that a little bit. Sure. Well, I you know I called it writing down what you right. want. Right. But when I was reflecting on it, I thought you know it's for me not even so much writing it down. The okay. most effective thing for me has been to to find pictures. Yes. That represent yes. sort of a feeling. Yes. Or, um, I love that you okay, said maybe, that. Maybe. I love that you said that. <laughs> well, you know, just, it's just funny. Yeah, because, um, uh, you know, when some of my work with uh, Dr. Lee Poulos, uh, who has been um, the uh, head of the Hypnosis Society in, in BC, and he would always um, quote and say that, you know, really images are the language of the subconscious mind. They, they, they reach in us at a level that words may not do. I mean, there's something to be said for vision boards. I've, those who might have heard of vision boards, they are boards where you actually construct or, or collect uh, images or create images that represent a vision that you have. Um, I think it sinks in at another level when you, when you hang on to an image or a vision. Do you, I don't know what your thoughts are about that. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I've got, uh, in, in preparation for today's interview, I, I pulled my my goal board. Mm. I, I've got it set down in front of me here. And there are there are some lists on it. And my, like, my eyes don't care about that. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, see. we'll talk about it. But morning routine, work startup routine, work shutdown routine, evening routine. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, let me look at those nice pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there I am. I am fit, healthy, yeah. and energetic. Yeah, I eat well. Oh, yeah, I love that picture of herbs. <laughs> yeah, she looks so. <laughs> she looks so. I made with she it. looks so happy and comfortable, and and it's like, and it kind of uh, it it touches something. I also think it sticks in the brain. Um, I can conjure up an image of a vision, you know, so I could have a vision of myself. Um, you know, let's say having a certain degree of peace of mind and calm and tranquil, I could see that in a, in a, in a picture form. And it, even the image of it itself can give me a feeling of that and, um, and sort of uh, enhance that drive for this vision. So um, you're, you, you know, what's, what I find interesting is I see you as someone who has been always very uh, goal-driven but even with that, you know, it's something you still continually work on. It's not like you're, you just 
pack your bags and say, okay, I'm, I'm already an expert at this. You know, it really shows how you keep refueling that, um, that process, right? I think it's because the process for me is more fun than the end. Mm -hmm. And while there may be other explanations for why I didn't uh, continue in psychology, and that could also be part of the picture, I think part of it was, oh, well, it sort of felt like that was the end of that striving. So what's the next thing I could strive for? (laughs) Again, not to say that there isn't. (laughs) You continued on to strive Um, for a lot of things in the same field. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it, it, it's the fact that I love that process. Yes. Um, yes. That I keep coming back to that. Yeah. So, um, so. If we, I sort of. Absolutely. I'm glad I, that's so that it shows you that. And I actually think it's an exciting process. Uh, you know, one thing I find is if you're feeling stuck in the rut and, you know, you're in this complaining kind of state about the way things are and you sit down with someone and say, well, how would you like it to be different? Um, and you spend yeah. a certain amount of time really unpacking. This is what would make me feel good. And this is what that energetically you already feel different by the end of that kind of conversation. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, complaining can be. Um, well, okay. Let me tell this little story mm. earlier on in my financial services career. I recall my spouse being upset that I hadn't accomplished more. Right. And at first I was very kind of reactive to that. Like, <laughs> um, how dare you? <laughs> why would you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> and then I got to thinking, oh, but you know, he wouldn't be upset with me if he didn't think I was capable of more. Hmm. You think about with kids, if you've got a child that has some limitations, right. To a certain extent, you may you may need to accept that. You know, this is something that they they may never be great at. Um, and let's focus what what on what they could be great right. at. Um, so I just I kind of was able to turn some of those um, negatives or some of those complaints right. into motivation because you go well, yeah, they wouldn't be upset with me if they thought I couldn't do it. So let's get back to figuring out how I can do it. I can do more. So you took that as I can do more. <laughs> he must be, he, <laughs> that he, he must be right. I can do more. Yes. Plus, plus, I you know, there's some little things you got to kind of repeat to yourself, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. some people have inspired me by telling me you can do it, right. and other people have inspired me by saying you can't do it. You'll never <laughs> do that. <laughs> you, go, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do it, and I, I'm I'm going to send them all flowers. The ones you wow. said I could, and the ones you said I couldn't. I'm just going to send them all flowers. They they all served a purpose in your in your yes. in your venture, yeah. So so yeah. one of them is ten years. Now, for some people, ten years could be like, holy cow, that's far away. I can't even think about what I want for breakfast. <laughs> 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 that can, that can happen, right? Um, so you know, then you have the next one. You said five year vision, three year three year plan. So what, how, how do you navigate that? Like, you know, if 10 years is a bit, um, it could be broad for somebody. I certainly, I actually internally, I have a 10-year timeline. I've operated off a 10-year timeline looking mm-hmm. back through a good part of my life. It's never been one year or five years. Um, for someone that's getting started in this, um, 
it's easier if you have a bit of life experience to yeah. look back. And it really does make sense to me to look in terms of decades. I mean, my, in my 20s, that was all about getting my PhD yeah. in clinical psychology. Right. That already covered, 30s, that, that covered 10 years. You didn't even have to think about yeah, that one. <laughs> 10 years, right? In my 30s, that was about having kids. Right. Three amazing kids. And I call it the lost decade in the sense that I don't even know where that time went. Yeah. I have amazing memories yeah. with the kids. But beyond that, like what happened in the world, what was yeah. going on, I don't know that. Like that was my world and that was my focus yeah. for a good 10 years. Yeah. Okay, then the kids get a little bit um, older and more independent. My 40s was about really focusing, um, launching my business and my career, my new one. Right, right. In financial services. And now for my 50s, I keep envisioning myself just running around being hot. Yeah. <laughs> like well, you, you mean physically hot or and, like physically hot? Like, <laughs> Well, why not? Why not? Why not be better than I've ever been? <laughs> why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, you know, that it makes sense to me 10 years looking back. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge in looking forward for people will be like, if you're really stuck, you can dry, draw on societal expectations. Right. Like if in financial services, I'm often talking to people in their fifties who are saying 10 years from now, we want to be retired Yeah. or financially free in the sense that if we don't want to keep doing what we're doing, we don't have to anymore. Uh, but the, I guess the thing I'll caution is that our society can be pretty focused or um, yeah. kind of put us in boxes too. So true. And so, I mean, I know people that started, oh gosh, she started when she was 55 running and she worked her way up to running marathons. Mm. By the time she's 65, she's still running. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah. And now she's winning marathons. Wow. I mean, partly because there aren't as many people her age that right. keep running of, marathons. Of so she but did. also she got better and better. Yeah. Yeah. So we do want to be cautious about what yeah. society thinks we should be doing at a certain age. Yeah, don't don't box yourself. And that's one of the things I've always, I, I love looking at exceptions because exceptions uh, are sort of a window into possibilities, right? So we have this nice ner- normal curve that we base everything on. But the truth is there's people that go beyond what those boundaries um, have been. And I think they, they are maybe the sources of our inspiration often. That push us beyond what we have boxed ourselves into. Yes. Yeah. My favorite people, my favorite clients are the ones who have remade themselves, who have, um, let me just say, I don't like the word retirement. Yeah. Who wants to retire as in, if you look at the synonyms for that, that's all about moving backwards, retreating, et cetera. Um, I'd rather talk about advancement and how people would like to advance in their lives. And it may be a new career, it may be a new focus, it may be a new focus on on family or hobbies or travel for some, Um, although that's somewhat limited at the moment. Yes. Um, Or or a new, could be a new career. Yeah. Could be lots of new things. Yeah. And that excitement, in fact, the, the clients I see doing the best are the ones who already have those things in mind, yeah. the things they want to advance towards. Yes. 
I, you know, and just to add another comment about the longer vision, the value I find in that is, is I think there's certain things that we know we can want and we don't have to always have everything absolutely precise. We, most of us would want to be healthy and vibrant and feeling alive. And, you know, we can, we can still, the nice thing about the, when we create a longer term sort of viewpoint is it kind of goes into the big picture rather than the small things. Um, uh, you know, if I make a goal for three months, it may not actually be contributing to the big picture of what I want. I don't know if I'm making sense. Um, you know, so I might want to, um, uh, you know, get a cert- certification for something, but it, that might not necessarily be in line with a larger scope vision. So I do think it is good at least to find someone to be able to talk about that stuff with and and figure out what a big, big picture is for you. Um, but in the absence of being able to do a longer term vision like that, do, would you recommend that people can start even with a year plan as just to get themselves used to the process of, of setting a, a vision? Right. If you're not used to that process, hmm. um, maybe find some images that kind of resonate with you, let's say emotionally, yeah. um, where you just feel good looking at that, as in that could be me yes. in the future. Yeah. Um, and then set that aside. And then the real key is, is like the very next step you'll take. Okay. Just the very next step. Okay. Are we going to go and to the next step? Let's, yeah. What's, let's, what's the <laughs> next, what's the next step? Okay. Well, so really it comes down to uh, like in this eight step dream business plan, we worked it back to what's your daily task list or you could say, what, what are your habits? Okay. Um, if, if it's true that 90% of our day is things we do unconsciously sort of moving from habit to habit, yes, then it's really important to get those habits right and make sure they're aligned with where we want to aim ourselves. So you're so just really doing an evaluation of, of what your daily patterns are and to see if they are in lo- in alignment with the vision that you've created. Agreed. Okay. So again, if, if the vision, if the long-term vision seems too hard, um, that's okay. Just, just come up with like a, a, a picture mm-hmm. that you can hold in your mind or put on your, um, on your vision board. And then work it all the way back to, all right, well, what's one concrete thing that I could do today to move towards that? So my goal has never been to to run a marathon, but I know you had a guest who, you know, who does that regularly. Yes. Um, well, how about I go and find some good walking shoes and put them beside the door? Okay. So when I walk past the door tomorrow, even though it hasn't been my habit to go for a walk, I look at the shoes and they remind me, Bing, yeah, I said I wanted to do that. Okay. Right? So it's it's working it all the way back to to habits. And you know, there are some great habit apps out there as well. There's actually a okay, ton of them. that's good to know. Just Wonderful. I didn't do, know that. But Google I'm sure there's, a, oh, there's an app now for there for a lot of things. <laughs> there's but, an yeah, app for everything. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll, they'll, they'll poke you. They'll prod you. They'll, if you let them, they will send you notifications like, hey, Time to do that thing you said you wanted to do. Okay. So get right. get some so, kind so of support in that. So we've covered, that's number three, which is reflect on which habits serve your goals and which don't. 
Right. Yeah, they're all sort of tied together because number yeah. two was audit your habits. Right. So what habits do you have? And then once you've kind of maybe written it down or taken a look at your sort of what's your typical day like, now you're, yeah, which now you're going through that list and going, well, which ones still serve me? Okay. Which ones don't? Okay. So you're taking some of those off the list. Right. Then number strategy number four, you want to reinforce the good ones. Okay. So the how ones do, you decide do to that? keep that you think would get you there. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's interesting to note some of the research that's been done on this, and I, I wouldn't presume to dive into the details, but just the fact that we anticipate a reward, right. even if the reward is completion, like being able to check something off on a list, right. It creates a little dopamine spike in our brains. Okay. It's one of the things that's built into all the games that are popular, yes. you know, achieving yeah. a level, yeah. grabbing the coin, oh, yeah. something pops up on the screen, all of those things. So if there's any way that you can sort of gamify your life or make it very concrete that you were able to complete something, even though small little habits or tasks. And later on down the road in one of the other strategies, we talk about how technology can help with that. Just know that when you do accomplish those good habits, taking a moment to acknowledge that you did reinforces that that loop in your brain Mm. that's giving you a little dopamine hit. Yeah. Especially if you'll you'll take time to acknowledge it. So it's not just the doing of it, but knowing that you're going to accomplish it. And I think you referenced this in one of your other podcasts, actually. Talk about, well, yes, there are the the big things you want to accomplish three years out, five years out, ten years out. That's too long to wait for a dopamine hit. You're you're so right. You're you're absolutely right. And I think that is um, why if you can't give yourself certain rewards along the way, it's much it's it's a bit demoralizing if your your only time for celebration is after ten years. <laughs> exactly, so, and yeah. don't underestimate. Sometimes we think, oh, celebration means after I work really hard, I'm going to take a trip. Right. Okay, but if that is a year out, right? I mean, keep keep that in mind. Yeah. But again, even that is too long. It we is. need yeah a whole series of these little dopamine hits during the day. Hey, yeah. I did another thing. Hey, I did another thing. So whether it's high-fiving somebody around you or yeah. checking something off at the end of the day and hanging on to that list. Yeah. My mom used to get herself, um, when we were small, there was lots to do with five small kids in the farm they were running. And she used to make herself these really long to-do lists, which was yeah. a great way to get organized. But when the list was done, she would throw it out. And then a new to-do list would stare her in the face. And she found a kind of, demoralizing because it was all all this stuff that she hadn't done yet staring her in the face yeah the way she turned that around was to start to hang on to the completed list to, to track it so she could say you know yep, there's right well, now look at all we, the things i have done we also wow, have a long list we, we have some great journals that are now available you can buy them on amazon uh, one one and there's variations of this i think you need to look what's specific for your goals but um, called the Productivity Journal. That was um, Maeve O'Byrne had uh, a coach had um, shown me this particular journal. What I like about it is at the end of every week, 
um, it, it's it has a review. It has the week in review, and then it has a yeah. section that says, what were your wins? And I really like the way they phrased it. These are your wins. And so every week you, you, you give yourself credit for those wins. You still might look at the things that didn't go as well, but you definitely bring a highlight to the things that you actually did well. That is super important. Yeah. And that's giving yourself, again, that, that reward for things that did get accomplished. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Number five. Number five, replacing bad habits with better ones. Okay. So uh, there, there's a lot of literature on this. You, you may know it far better than I do. But it's not enough to just say, I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. And so the okay. classic one might be smoking, right? Okay. Okay, I don't want to smoke anymore. Well, what, how will you fill your time? Because I'll tell yeah. you what, smokers get a lot, a lot more fresh air than the rest of us. So once you pop outside for a quick smoke, well, there they are. They're they're breathing the fresh air too. And smoking also releases releases dopamine in the brain. So if you actually look at the there physiological component of it, 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 is, it does release dopamine. So then you want. So to look, how will you yeah. get that dopamine hit? Otherwise, yeah, yeah. what will you do instead? Yeah. What what function did Whatever habit you want to get rid of, what function did yeah. or role did that play in your life, and what can you substitute instead? Well, for example, if we use smoking, a lot of people fear that they're going to gain weight when they smoke. And one of the things of interest is that actually eating food releases dopamine, and and so really that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we might you might quit the one and then you move into smoking, or sorry, you move into eating, mm-hmm. and that might not mm-hmm. be what people want. So they might have to think what other dopamine releasing activity exercise releases dopamine um you know being physically active so there can be other things that you learn to replace to think that that gives you um maybe not the precisely same effect but absolutely yes i like it Mm -hmm. so somebody who's as somebody who's into exercise you know what a great feeling that gives you yeah definitely if if we're talking to somebody who has not yet experienced that to a great extent. Yeah. Sometimes I'm concerned that calling it exercise may not be very motivational. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I prefer uh, the term movement. Dopamine enhancing movement. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. And maybe that's dancing. It could be dancing. Maybe that's Yeah. Yeah, that could be dancing. Oh, it could that be could it could be, be I'm going to go get my dopamine hit and I'm going to go hiking. You know, I'm going to climb up that mountain and you know, plant a tree when I get to the top. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I set a goal to do, uh, for, for my 50th birthday, to do 50 hikes. And I'm at Amazing. 45, I think. So okay. I got five more to go. Okay. And I don't intend to stop because awesome. for me, hiking doesn't take a high, high level of fitness. Yeah. Obviously, the more fit you are, the, you know, the further you can go, the higher you can go. But you, you can find... You can find adventure. And yeah. for me, that's a big part of it. And I take my camera with me. Well, my phone is my camera. But um, well, what, am I gonna, what am I going to see just around the corner that's going to delight my senses? Right. Okay. Some sort of little surprise. Perfect. Yesterday, we were out on a hike and we saw two squirrels fighting. Oh. <laughs> fighting over some nuts. Now that was a dopamine, dopamine lift. Yes, it was. Well, that would yes, be, that would be an exciting, yeah, absolutely. And so what happens is you're not looking at giving one thing up as much of a sacrifice. It actually creates a space where you, you might actually really be looking forward by 
by uh, to, in looking at these new goals, it's, it triggers something more motivational inside when we're looking at, hey, how can I get the same effect? What other things can I do? I think that's a really, really important point there. Um, where are we at now? We're uh, number six. Strategy number six. Yes. I like this one. If we're trying to, so pair new habits with existing habits. Okay. The picture I used for that one was a guy brushing his teeth. So say you've determined that you want to take some, some sort of supplement. Hmm. Um, pairing that with something you're already doing. Okay. Whether it's in the form of a little sticky note. So, hey, while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to see that note and it's going to remind me. Or you keep the little supplement bottles nearby. Okay. Or, or they're... Or they're in your coffee cupboard now because you go for coffee every morning. So when you open the cupboard, you're going to see the coffee and the supplement, whatever it is. But that's the idea. That you're pairing one habit with something else you already do. And uh, and then you start stacking them up. Wonderful. That leads to the next one, strategy Mm -hmm. number seven, which is kind of an extension of that. Now you can start grouping habits into routines, also sometimes called rituals. And that's what I referenced a little earlier um, talking about having a morning ritual hmm. and so when you're doing a habit audit well what is my habit what do I do first thing in the morning and then what's the next thing I tend to do and the next thing after that Okay. and for me actually I've noticed that no two mornings when I did my last audit no two mornings are really the same yeah. oh well that would explain why I'm not always getting in the habits that I say I want to Right. so kind of formalizing it or grouping them together and going, okay, well, here's my, my morning ritual. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm using an app right now to, um, to kind of prompt me or remind me. Hey, what what app are you using just in case someone's listening there? I've, I want to I've tried access. a couple of different ones. Okay. Um, I'm liking the one right now called Fabulous. Okay. They've got little sort of coaching tips in their stories. Um, if you say you want to take some time to meditate, they've got little sort of pre-done meditations okay. that Lovely. you can, but basically you build your habit list right? and they group them into these routines as they call them. Lovely. I like so, it. I like it. They, they start very basically. Could you do one thing? Could you, and they make it just so simple. At least you, okay. You fill in who you are, um, male, female, I think your age. Uh, and then you choose from some of their options to say, well, what do you want your focus to be? So for some people, it could be losing weight. But right. for other people, it might be just feeling better or specific goals. You get a choice. So then they will target the whole program towards what you said you want to okay. do. Okay. Perfect. And I get my little dopamine hit as I go and I check off. Yep, I did that. I did that. I Love did that. It. Oh, shoot. I said this was going to be part of my routine and I haven't done that yet. It's a way to keep it simple. It, you know, in some ways, maybe there's a form of accountability with something like that, because I know that's what you have as number eight is, is finding an accountability <laughs> number partner. Eight, find an accountability partner. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so for some people that is, you know, a, a real live person yeah. that's going to call them up or stop by the front door or, um, there you is know, something is expecting you. hundred percent. Yeah, and to be sad about that because I, you know, with all, I, I've I've never considered myself someone having problems per se achieving goals, but along the way I have 
um, practiced, and I started this at a young age, but finding accountability partners. Sometimes it might be just hiring a coach. Um, just there's something about when you when you make that statement and verbalize it to somebody uh, that, and you know that you're going to be communicating with them again. Um, that that kind of gives you that extra edge on wanting to make sure you have something to show when you talk to that accountability partner. I, I just find that a really important Agreed. one. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And for me in business, it's about working with some of my business partners. So we'll take some of the project, projects that we want to do that we believe will um, move our businesses forward, mm-hmm. that will allow us to offer more to our clients. And we'll work on them together. Yeah. Because some of those things are longer term projects and you go, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little full up today. Oh, right. But I did schedule time at 3 p.m. to have that meeting with my colleague. Yeah. And I want to have something to show them yeah. as it, in terms of, you know, we've accomplished something yeah. this week. So um, booking those times yeah. and, and doing it, can, it with it somebody. Friend. It could be a friend. I mean, you could say, hey, let's meet, you know, every week and let's have a chat and see how we progress. But I think what's important is um, it does work better when you're with someone who is also has some skill at achieving goals because I think if you're both struggling with the same issue by the and your your friends it's much easier to say well hey we didn't do anything let's go for let's go for our donut today and forget the, forget <laughs> the goals you know I mean so you want to find well yes be yeah. very conscious who you pick yeah. to be that accountability Absolutely. partner and you could have multiple accountability partners for different goals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because um, maybe the person you pick to accomplish something in, you know, business related is different than the person you, um, you set a goal for, for a creative endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to learn to play the piano. Yes. Right. Did you say you're learning? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm so impressed with myself. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, so that's what I'm saying. The person you go running with might not be the same person you're learning to play the piano with, might not be the same person you are taking art lessons with, et cetera. Well, well, but here's here's the other uh, end of it because um, as far as achieving goals, when when you have really worked this into a system that you practice and you do on a regular basis, I, I found that now I have this whole accountability voice in my own head as well. I do like the external accountability and I like that. But mm-hmm. one thing I, I can say is I think that when we've, uh, when this, when these practices that you're talking about today, when they become part of your habit over time, it's easier to be accountable to yourself. It, you know, so um, I certainly know for piano, that would be one of them in my head. I knew, okay, I want to make sure at least start with 15 minutes a day. It doesn't really matter. 15 can turn into an hour, but that's my accountability to myself. Um, It's become something that it was a skill for me that was born out of many years of doing it. So yes, sometimes Mm -hmm. we need to turn outside. The refreshing thing is you can, when you get better at it, you can start to also use yourself as that. That's, that's actually a, a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would apply to me for sure because mm-hmm. I tend, I've noticed I tend not to like to bring other people into it. Right. Um, partly because, yeah, are we on the same page? Yeah. Will they be the one to encourage me or yeah. subtly discourage me? Yeah, absolutely. Like you got to be so careful who you, who you choose. So sometimes we are our own best uh, supporters oh, once sure. we've developed that habit. The other thing, too, um, here's a couple interesting points. 
that I found in kind of putting this together. You, you've maybe heard the saying that we are, well, if we're going to talk about income, our income is, uh, is often the average of the five people that we're closest to or that we spend the most yeah. time with. Yeah. And that could be true of other things too, not just income, but like, you know, our, our habits, our thoughts, etc. Well, it turns out it goes way, way beyond that. Hmm. So the, it's also the people that they know and the people that they know beyond that. Wow. So if, even if they're not the people that we spend a lot of time with, right. but the people that we spend a lot of time with spend time with other people, what's their influence? And so they were actually able to measure that. Wow, that's a lot of tracking. Uh, but let me turn that into, that could be <laughs> so, sort of frightening, so right? We have to interview <laughs> who, who they're friends with, who our friends are friends with. <laughs> we'll right. go from there. That's right. But, I, but, you know, I mean, we what? do as humans influence each other. And I think that is a really important point is, you know, be mindful that, that it's, you know, uh, we can embrace and love everyone that we have around us. It's not about not appreciating what someone brings to our lives. But if you're working towards a particular goal, um, you might want to consider what kind of influences they could be for you, right, as far as moving forward. And if fitness is not in their realm even and they've really not moved in that direction and they don't understand the value of it, I might not turn to that person for for my fitness goals. Well, here's where strategy number nine can come into play. Yeah, Using technology to help never before... I would suggest in the history of humankind, have we had access to the kinds of technology that we do now? True. And we know we're not done with that. Oh no. So the ability to reach out, like to find your, find your tribe, so to speak, or to find your, the people that have similar, um, goals to you. Yeah. So, you know, if it's, if it's not, if it's not the people you directly live with, Mm-hmm. At the moment, I mean, you might be the catalyst for their change. Yeah, yeah. But considering the multiple platforms that are out there that would allow you to connect with people mm-hmm. who, like, you you can choose. Yeah. Who you spend time with? Podcasts. The explosion of podcasts in the last number yeah. of years. Yeah. Who's in your ear while you're out going for a walk or a run? Yeah. Is it Dr. Paula Lake? Yeah, yeah. And the amazing guests. Yeah, yeah. She brings on, you know, and the thoughts that she's sharing. Yeah. Is it like whatever skill you want to learn, whatever habit you want to create, you can you can pretty much find somebody out there mm-hmm. in the world who's talking about that. Who's demonstrating it. Uh, huge, um, and, huge and ways to reach out to those people. So let's let's um really expand that network. I th- hopefully we're getting more comfortable with technology and 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 I absolutely agree. It's a, you know, Lots, lots out there. Um, just uh, tap into that one, um, you know, one piece of resource that's in alignment with what you're what, what you're moving towards. I think that would be an amazing assistance in achieving personal goals. Yes. And then you want to track those. Strategy number ten: tracking right. your progress, which kind of relates to the other ones, right? If you're yeah. using some sort of app to track your habits. Yeah. That you're going to build into routines that are going to take you towards your goals. Yeah. Or whether it's a, a spreadsheet, um, sometimes just going back to pen and paper. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty sure there are studies on this out there too. The effect of things that we type may not yes. be the same as the effect on us of actually writing things out. Well, I've actually, yeah. 
Well, recently I even ran into that, uh, some research that was done that there's more. And I actually personally, um, I have a, a few different books. I have both journaling for achieving, for, for my weekly goals and moving towards something. But I also have just a, um, just a book where just it's a journaling just to get those words out. I find them more impactful than if I type them, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tracking your progress, if I can add something to that. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, tracking your progress doesn't mean you beat yourself up when you're not achieving something. Um, one of the things I like about tracking progress is you look at it more than that as an opportunity to evaluate what's working, what's not working. If something's not working, can you revise the way you're approaching it to make it more workable? So it's not about... Um, you know, any kind of critical process where you're being evaluated. It's it's really um, trying to see where the holes might be and fixing those holes and, and then trying a new strategy. So as Einstein says, you know, uh, you know, um, definition of insanity, you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. If it's not working, then you're, this is the time to go, okay, what else is, what am I not thinking about that can facilitate me to move forward? And I think those can happen on a weekly basis, especially if we have an accountability partner, someone to say, hey, what worked, what didn't? Okay, how can we fix this, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that brings us kind of full circle to what I'm calling strategy number 11, regularly reviewing and revising. Yeah. Yeah. Your goals, your habits. Yes. So I would suggest at the very minimum, a quarterly audit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to set some annual goals. It's just that annually is too long. For me, when I do my income tax, yeah, then I'm auditing, okay, my, my sources of income and where did they come from. And But once a year is, is too long. And we talked about that. Oh, I totally agree. To, I agree. And I'm that's uh, why I like that these, these can be implemented at any time. <clears throat> and I also Absolutely. think that, you know, um, when we're starting something new, in the very beginning, you might want it to be more weekly. And then as you adopt these new habits, you can start to stretch it. Absolutely. And uh, like uh, you asked me about um, what I'm using right now for a mm. habit app. We'll see how it goes. But um, even within the week, at sort of a weekly review, mm-hmm. I looked at some of the, at the first list I made, I yeah. said, no, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do that thing every day. <laughs> it may be a very good thing to do, but I don't want to do that thing every day. Yeah, I can see it's not working. It's the thing that when it comes up on my little checklist, I resist doing. Yeah. So yeah. it's okay. Because remember, I want to build up my habits heading in a certain direction. And I want to remove any roadblocks. So that's yeah. part of the importance of revising. You go, yeah. Um, either it, it doesn't actually, this thing is not, I see it's not helping me meet my goal yeah. or for whatever reason, it's providing a bit of a roadblock, yeah. which then stops me from accomplishing the other things that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I found great. Oh, it's incredible to actually take things off your yeah. goal list or remove some habits yeah. that you thought would be a good one. Yeah. Just to kind of, I would say, pay attention to yeah. to how you feel as you're going through the process. And if something is sort of a stumbling block, I'd mm-hmm. say take it out for now. Yeah. Maybe you'll come back to putting it in later. Um, but build up the habit of 
you know, build up the habit of, of doing the habits, right? Of, uh, of checking things off the list of saying, I kept my word to myself. Yes. I said yeah. I wanted to yes. do this and I did it. And if that means taking some things off the list to remove that. I think that's really, really, yeah, I, I think that's really that's good right. advice. I think um, because truthfully, you know, if you... It, I think how motivated you feel in, internally is really important. And I I think that um, if we're not um, keeping that up, if we keep uh, not succeeding at a particular thing, we start to get discouraged. You know, monitor how something is making you feel. If it's, if it's really um, getting discouraging, if something, you know, either you consult on the outside and see what might be not, why it's not happening, or you actually deliberately put a close to that. I think that's way more powerful, actually. I agree. I agree. To remove something yeah. from, from your should list. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I used to, when I was very young and as a teenager, I didn't really finish things. I would start a book and not finish it and once I lost interest. And so then I set a goal to finish it, which, of course, was great. But there were times I would read a book and I'd ask myself, I really don't want to finish this book. So rather than just telling myself I'm going to finish it, it became, okay, I'm going to just shut that book and I'm going to make a decision that I do not want to finish this book. <laughs> so instead of just not finishing it, because the, it kind of closed it, there, there's a concept that in our brain, when something is unfinished and we experience it as unfinished, that it keeps coming back as uh, um an internal thing that has not been accomplished. Guilt or regret or you kind of go, oh, yeah, but I never did do what I said I would. Completely. But if yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I, I was going to just say, I would recommend that people consider if that was an issue, right? Mm. That if they mm. weren't finishing books, but, and they thought that they should be right uh, to maybe modify that and say, I pick, I pick up this book and I choose to, what I'm looking for is, one to three good ideas I can implement in my life. Yes. Well, the moment you've found three ideas you can implement in your life, mm -hmm. your goal is accomplished with regards to that book. Yes. Yes. So, you know, who says you have to finish reading the whole thing? Yeah. If it's looking for a different perspective, a new idea, um, something you can implement in your life, the moment you've found those three, and then it's very freeing because you can still accomplish, you can, check off that goal mm -hmm. you just modified what the goal actually was yeah or clarified to be more precise what was the, what what was the point why did you pick up that book to begin with why did you start that thing to begin with but of course the the habit you were trying to implement and if, and if you learn something out of it um maybe that's the goal itself and giving yourself what would you say permission yeah. to yeah close the book and congratulate yourself for being absolutely done. absolutely you didn't finish you finished your purpose for that book as one example yeah um uh you know i think this has been really amazing because i i think sometimes it comes down to um uh really getting clear on these specifics for achieving <clears throat> i'm losing my voice here today having a, a rough voice day but um i and i i really appreciate this maria because i do think we have covered a very thorough, um, strategic, and, and very much in alignment with how I've also seen you as someone very precise and very specific. 
Um, so uh, this is awesome. Thank you very much. I, I loved it. And I'm really hoping that people can take time, listen to this, and incorporate this into their lives to help them um, you know, just uh, achieve goals in their lives, whether they're small or big, and, and have some success. And I think each time we do it, you know, even if you start on a small area and you build confidence, then it gets easier to move it into a larger area. I agreed. I yeah. think that's the key. Yeah. Is uh, starting with small things. Yes. We have no idea where the upper limit of our abilities individually and and as a human race yes. would be. But yes. starting where we start. Yeah. Starting small. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just one of the things I'll throw in there. Um, Dr. Jordan Peterson, clinical psychologist from the University of Toronto, he's become quite well known for telling people they should clean up their room. And you yeah. go, like, what? how is that even a big accomplishment? Well, yeah. you know, sit and he said, if you kind of look around your room, things will present themselves to you as things that you could make better. Yeah. And you build yeah. up that habit yeah. of making your world around you better. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. Start yeah. with the small things yeah. around you. Start with your daily habits. Yep, and then then we stretch from there. Things grow. It's like planting a seed, and and you let that um, become. Uh, you 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 build confidence, and then move forward from there. And I I think this has all been incredibly valuable. Um, and you know, thank you, Maria, because you know, we need we need to share these ideas and help people um, with these ideas if they've been stuck in their lives. And I'm hoping this can be of help for people that might have felt stuck. So. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. Always good talking to so you. So you stay on the line because I'll chat with you in just a moment. But I really want to thank you, Maria. I'm hoping that we can connect again and maybe um, you can share some of your wisdom, maybe on, uh, uh, maybe help us with some uh, financial goals even down the road. I would love to. Given your work. Yeah, wonderful. So stay on the line and uh, thank you so much. And until next time, uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Um, until next time, I hope you have a really good week and all the best to you in your pursuit of personal goals. Um, you want to achieve something. Maybe you felt like you couldn't in the past. Uh, take, a, take some time and evaluate some of the things we've shared today and hopefully that'll help you down the road. All the best to you and until next time, take good care.